Hello friends, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again this week on episode 204 of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming in life's everyday challenges. So happy that you are with me again. If you are a new listener, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to hop onto this podcast with us and hopefully we can add value to you into your leadership context. It's our goal here at Ordinary People Extraordinary Lives to help raise up healthy, empowering, reproductive leaders that are effective as leaders in their respective spaces. As I said, my name is Lance Bain. If you want to know more about me, check out lancebane.com. There are many resources available there. I would love to hear from you. It's a great place where you can connect with me, and I'd love to connect with you as well. Hey, this episode, 204, I'm excited about this week's topic. It's overcoming personal failure. That's the subject of this week's podcast, overcoming personal failure. I haven't tasted failure so many times. Well, in some sense, failure, setback. Things don't go the way that you want. And all of us have this in common of experiencing failure. And some of us to the degree that we actually have a fear of failure, which we're going to talk about in this podcast today. I believe this is such an important issue because it paralyzes people from making needed and necessary decisions. It keeps people from dreaming about what is possible and putting a plan and steps in place that actually help them begin to pursue the God-given dreams, passions, desires that are in their heart. And fear of failure is real in our lives. And it comes with a cost. And today, we're going to talk about the cost of mental failure, understanding failure through a hopeful lens, embracing humility and accountability, and many other important ideas. So stick around for overcoming personal failure. Maria Alcantara, pronounce the last name, spell the last name, A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R-A. You can find her at that name, mariaalcantara.medium.com. She writes an article about the cost of the fear of failure. And in her article, she talks about the uh, cost of missed opportunities. She talks about the mental cost and the physical cost that is associated with the fear of failure. I bet you and I can relate. I mean, if you were to pause this podcast for a moment and just think about the missed opportunities, the mental cost and the physical cost that the fear of failure produces in our lives. And I bring that up because we all know that these costs exist and we're tired of paying failure. It's fee to experience failure. It's like getting on the ride at the local theme park that you hate the most, but you keep paying the ticket and you keep riding the ride. Failure is that ride, and we just keep paying the cost. Missed opportunities, mental, physical cost. And John Maxwell says that the greatest leaders are willing to own their mistakes and learn from them. That's very important. Learn from them. For humility is a cornerstone of effective leadership. And so in this podcast, I want to explore important principles and ideas that for you and I can provide guidance and strength in times when we are experiencing failure. Now, the first principle that I believe it's important for us to grasp 
is that we need to understand principle number one, understand failure through a hopeful lens. Understand failure through a hopeful lens. What is failure? Is it just missed opportunities? Is it not achieving your end result? I mean, is failure more internal? Is it more external? What actually is failure? And what about the different forms of failure? I have failed as a parent. I have failed as an employee. I have failed as a leader. I have failed as a family member. There's moral failure and relational failure, professional failure. We've talked about the costs of failure, missed opportunities, mental and physical costs. And the idea of failure is everyone experiences failure. Everyone experiences it. Everybody fails and falls short of their hopeful and desired aspirations. Everybody does at some point or another. And so I want to introduce what it means to see failure, to understand failure through a hopeful lens. It is to understand that the hopeful lens by which we see failure, personal failure, is the idea of forgiveness. It is the idea of forgiving yourself. Why do you and I allow ourselves as leaders to live under the tyranny of perfectionism? Yes, we want to be excellent. We want to be faithful. We don't want self-inflicted failure. We don't want to always fall short. But there is the idea and the reality that we will. And so to understand failure through a hopeful lens is to recognize that I need to maybe forgive myself. To look in the mirror and say, I forgive you for not getting this one right, for falling short. It's the concept of being gracious to yourself, being kind to yourself, and turning it around and using it for good. Everybody's going to fail. Everybody's going to fall short of their desired and hopeful aspirations. And personal failure has a high price tag. Shame, guilt, embarrassment disappointment, letting down other people. And these are issues that have to be addressed. When we talk about overcoming personal failure, we're not ignoring or denying these realities. If anything, overcoming personal failure intentionally confronts, deals with, processes into a healthy place these realities of toxic shame, guilt, embarrassment, condemnation, disappointment, letting other people down. And friends, I'm encouraging you to put on a set of hopeful lenses so that you can see personal failure as something that actually can work for you and work for the benefit of others and not work against you. The second principle that I would encourage you to consider in overcoming personal failure is to embrace humility and accountability. Embrace humility and accountability. Humility is so important. I mean, you think about the leaders that you admire, and you admire them for a variety of reasons. But one of the, one of the reasons that I admire the leaders I do is because of humility. Are all of them humble? I don't know how humble they are. Many of them, some of them I don't know personally. I admire them and their professional content and the way in which they deliver leadership messages or lead their organization, etc. But I love humility, and I, to me it's one of the most attractive qualities of a leader. It may be one of the top two or three essential traits of a leader is humility. And our willingness in the place of personal failure to embrace humility and accountability is key. 
Because often in the place of personal failure, what we want to do is hide. We want to hide our failure. We want to hide ourselves. We want to hide our shame. We want to hide our sense of, of, of letting other people down. And rather than embracing humility, which brings our failure into the light so we can do something hopeful and positive with it, we actually stuff it and put it in places of darkness. And by doing so mentally, emotionally, relationally, stuffing failure into darkness, we reject humility. And what we actually do is embrace pride. We embrace self-sufficiency. We're not willing to be transparent or to be vulnerable with others. Therefore, embracing humility and accountability is critical. Now, let me just share a couple of thoughts on accountability. Often accountability is, did you blow it this week? Did you mess up this week? You know I'm going to ask you if you blew it, so you better not blow it. I think a better way to do accountability is to look at someone and say, this is what I believe is possible with you, and I want to, I want to help you achieve that. And so when I ask you questions that are in accountability nature, it's about wondering how well, how consistent, how faithful, how strong, how determined are you to actually live out as a leader, as a person, who you really are. Around my leadership environment, we call that a culture of honor. And so when we hold someone accountable, we're saying, hey, this is who you are and your behavior, your leadership is far below that. What's going on? Are you okay? It is compassion-based accountability. It is encouragement-based accountability. It is life-giving-based accountability. It is accountability that says, I know you to be better than this Therefore, you can do better than what you're doing. We talk about the importance of humility and accountability, and accountability requires friendships. It requires relationships. It requires trust and confidence. It requires the willingness to be seen. It requires the willingness to actually have brave conversations with other people. <clears throat> Pride causes destruction. But when we humble ourselves, and as a person of faith, ultimately humbling ourselves before God with reverence and awe and humbling ourselves before others, we are positioned to learn, and the learning lifts us up. Recently, I was chatting with a friend in my local church who was applying for a job, and uh, I texted him after his interview, and he said it didn't go too well and that he really blew it, and he would be surprised if this particular company would hire him. This was several days ago. Well, I texted him today just to check in and say, hey, I believe in you. I really admire you, and you have so many gifts and talents, and <clears throat> I know there's something really great for you. If not the one that you interviewed last week, something good is going to come your way because you have too much talent and too much goodness to not be employed. And so his response to me, and he gave me permission to share this, he says, quote, whenever I screw something up, I give myself permission to feel bad for about a day. And then I use it as rocket fuel to make sure something like that never happens again. It's only a mistake if you don't learn something from it. And so he sent an email thanking them for the opportunity. And I love what he says to them. Uh, he thanks them for the opportunity. And he says, but in six months, my stock is going to go way up. And you always want to buy low and sell high. I love that. That's the power of overcoming personal failure. You don't assign failure to your value or worth. You just recognize that I kind of blew it in that moment and I'm going to do better and we are going to overcome. Principle number three is that you find strength in faith and resilience. 
faith and resilience, faith that God has something better for you, faith that Jesus has something better for you, faith in that things are going to work out for you if you have faith and work hard and live humble and encourage others and be generous, things are going to come back to you. Now, many people call this karma. I don't believe in karma, like you get whatever you give is going to come back to you. No, faith, faith in a good God. His name is Jesus. Faith in Him, faith in your community, faith in the gifts and talents that God has given to you, faith in your ability to turn setbacks into setups and to turn messes into messages and to turn misses into mission opportunities. It is faith that allows you to turn these things around. And you can find strength in faith and resilience. And you can explore these ideas. Think about resilience, the ability to bounce back when you've been knocked down. The ability to trust in your connection with Jesus, to trust your connection with mentors and coaches and leaders and comrades and those with whom you collaborate. There's a couple of Bible verses that I love that give me personal hope and feed my soul, feed my spirit, feed my mind to be strong. One of them is Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, God says, for I am with you and do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love that. What a beautiful promise when you're dealing with the effects of personal failure. There is a God who looks at us and who says, hey, don't fear. I'm with you. And if I'm with you, we can overcome anything. If I'm with you, we will turn failure into something beautiful and positive and hopeful, not just for you, but for those you lead. It's God who's saying, don't be dismayed. I'm with you. We can have hope. There's a future. There's a purpose. And he strengthens us and he helps us. Wow. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not yet see. Having faith. Simon Sinek says, a leader's ability to bounce back from failure demonstrates not only resilience, but also a strong foundation of faith. In times of trouble, they turn to their beliefs for strength. Amen, Simon Sinek. That is so good. And so let's just rewind so far what we've covered. Principle number one, understand failure through a hopeful lens. Second principle, embrace humility and accountability. And the third principle is to find strength in faith and resilience. Principle number four, is the need for forgiveness and moving forward. We talked about this a few minutes ago, but you need to dig into the place of what the faith community calls repentance. It's Repentance is to go in a different direction because you've changed your mind and you're allowing your heart to be changed. Heart change, mind change, direction change. That's how it works. Heart change, mind change, direction change. Heart change, mind change, direction change. That's repentance. And when you dig into that heart change and that mindset change, you're going to go in a new direction. You're no longer paralyzed and held enslaved to the path of failure, but you're moving in to something that is beautiful and learning and strengthening. And so your failure becomes actually the inheritance of wisdom for someone else. And you dig into this process of repentance. You discover the pathway for healing and for growth. And so there are many characters through life, biblical characters, real life characters that have experienced failure, but have turned it into something positive. And so I would encourage you to think about the power of a clean heart and the power of God giving you a clean heart. This isn't something we can do on our own, but God gives it to us because failure wants to stain the human spirit. 
failure wants to diminish what is possible and we begin to believe for something less and strive for something less and work for something less. And so we start to live small, insignificant lives. But when we bring these failures into the light of a relationship with Jesus Christ, into a light of a relationship with other people, we start to recognize that God is faithful. Other people are faithful. The promises of God are faithful. Our purpose is faithful. Leadership is available. And we can experience forgiveness and repentance and find again the momentum of moving forward. Principle number five. What are some practical steps for overcoming failure? What are some practical things that you can do? I think it's important when we talk about overcoming failures to first remember who you are and to remember that your identity and your worth and your value as a human being is not attached to your performance. You are valuable because you are a human being. End of discussion. Whether you ever accomplish something great in life or not, you are valuable because you are a human being. And human beings are made in the image of God. Do not allow, reject the idea that your identity, your value, your worth, or your significance is attached to what you do. Because it is not. You are valuable. Period. End of discussion. I would encourage you to remember that. I would also encourage you in how to overcome personal failure is to bring the failure into the light of another relationship. That is to talk about it with a friend and process it and explore it. Offload your shame, offload your embarrassment, offload your anger, offload your disappointment. Whatever those emotions may be, offload them, get rid of them, dump them out. Sometimes practically I'll just write them on a piece of paper and I'll get rid of them and I'll pray a little prayer and then I'll wad them up and throw them in my trash can. It's a physical act of saying the same way I threw these written down negative emotions in the trash, I'm not going to let the negative emotions dwell in my soul, dwell in my spirit. I'm throwing them in the trash. I'm not going to carry them around. And by doing that in the nature of a human relationship and talking it out with another, you both receive their feedback, you receive their encouragement, you receive their collaboration and commitment, and you find life done in a very healthy and powerful way. So bring the failure into the light of another human relationship. Third point I would make for practical application, practical steps for how to overcome failure, is ask yourself this, what can I learn from this moment and how will it change my life? What can I learn from this moment and how will it change my life? Failure is most fatal when we don't learn from failure. Failure is most fatal when we refuse to learn from failure. And so for whatever ways we think failure might be this tyrannical dictator that wants to enslave us into small living, small thinking... In reality, what failure can be is a great teacher, but that determines, that's determined by our attitude. It's determined by how we respond to failure. I love what Brene Brown says. She says, true leadership involves guiding others through challenges and setbacks. By embracing failure as a stepping stone and offering forgiveness, leaders can actually inspire growth and unity within themselves and within their teams. And so practical steps is, is to remember your identity and your worth don't coexist with failure. It is to bring the failure or the struggle or the letdown into another relationship and talk about it, offload it, and discover truth. And the third point of application is just, it's just to remember, you know, that you're going to learn from this and that you want to learn from this and you want to figure out how this is going to change your life and change your leadership for the better. 
This has been a great podcast. Five principles for overcoming personal failure. Understand failure through the hopeful lens. Number two, embrace humility and accountability. Principle number three, find strength and faith and resilience. Principle number four, repent, forgive, move forward. And principle number five, employ the practical steps for overcoming failure, identity and relationships and learning. And so this has been a great podcast. Thank you for listening. Everybody, I'm so glad that you're a part of our audience. I'd love to hear from you about this subject of overcoming personal failure and what's worked for you. Go to LanceBain.com, shoot me an email, and wherever you may be listening, would you leave a review, leave a rating, and share this with a friend. Episode 204, Overcoming Personal Failure, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Lives. Thank you for listening, everybody. Hey, this week, stay helpful, stay hopeful, and stay healthy. And I'll talk to you soon.